Welcome back to another edition of the talk show. So on this podcast, there was a lot to talk about. Giannis Antetokounmpo signed a huge contract. James Harden is playing a basketball game for the Houston Rockets. He still wants to be traded. If you're a Yankee fan, you wake up every morning wondering, is DJ LeMay who signed yet? Did we trade yet for Francisco Lindor? So many sports questions. There was a crazy week in the NFL. There was a crazy Browns game. I don't know if anyone heard. Ravens played the Browns. So I talk about all that, but the NBA. The NBA, I'm going to do a podcast, a whole separate podcast, hopefully later this week. Might even be tomorrow or the next day. Uh, just talking strictly NBA. But in this podcast, you're going to hear the NFL, my reaction to this whole week, getting you ready for next week. And I'm going to talk about the Yankee DJ LeMahieu situation. Hope you enjoy Let's do it. Another week, another episode. It's been a minute, so I'm going to jump right into it and start with my first topic, which is DJ LeMahieu and the Yankees. Yes, I'm talking baseball. Everyone knows I'm a huge baseball fan. I'm a huge Yankee fan. If you have a problem with me talking Yankees, you could skip or don't listen at all. I don't know. I talk baseball. Love the Yankees. That's what I got to talk about. Um, so that's the biggest story right now going on, I think. I know we're middle of basketball, we're in middle of NFL, and I want to talk about the NBA, but I have a special podcast that I want to do for that that'll hopefully be ready later this week. Um, so let's get into the DJ LeMahieu situation with the Yankees right now. So here's the situation. DJ LeMahieu has been the Yankees' best player for the last two years, and he is irreplaceable. So unless the Yankees have something crazy planned up their sleeve, say get Trevor Bauer and Archie Bradley and... Francisco Lindor, and that's why they're not re-signing DJ LeMahieu, then they need to re-sign him. And I think they need to re-sign him anyway. He is their best player. And all the Yankees have said is he is priority number one. He is the top priority for the offseason. He is what we need to do. And they're 100% right, because when you have a guy who's been by far the best player and the most consistent player, the most valuable player to your team, could have been the most valuable player in the league. I don't understand how he's third. He should have been at least second. You have to re-sign him. You have to bring that guy back. I get it. He's 32. He wants a five-year deal, $100 million contract, and he's want to give him four years, 80. So that's the gap right here. Now, we've heard that the gap is somewhere around $25 million. That kind of makes sense. I guess that kind of fits into the five years, four years. The Yankees don't want to pay a guy who's going to be 37, but if there's anyone's game who's going to age what gracefully, it would be DJ LeMahieu. Um, although we said that about Derek Jeter, and then it really didn't age gracefully the last couple of years was not great. But if you think about it, it doesn't matter. You need this guy now. You're trying to win now. You're trying to win a championship this year, next year. You need DJ LeMahieu on this team. And like I said, unless you're going a totally different direction with a younger guy, say a Francisco Lindor, there's no excuse to not have DJ on this team. So that's really the situation for the Yankees. And now the Yankees have come out and said that. They said priority number one going into the offseason, re-sign DJ. Brian Cashman said it a couple of weeks ago. Luke Voigt spoke out on it. Uh, a bunch of the players actually talked about it. A couple guys said, if I was a betting man, I would bet, yeah, DJ's for sure going to be back next year. So everyone wants DJ back. All Yankee players, all Yankee personnel. Then the story comes out yesterday, which is the Yankees are more than $25 million apart. And here's how I take it. If that's being leaked, that's being leaked by the LeMahieu party. They want to put pressure on the Yankees and say, hey, look, we're being serious. We're going to take offers from other teams. And those other teams are right now the Mets, the Red Sox, and the Blue Jays. Two division rivals and a team that plays across town. You don't want him going to those teams. The Yankees, not only are they not going to lose their best player, they're not going to lose him to a team that either directly impacts them, a team that they're going to have to play 20 times a year, 
or the crosstown rivals, the Mets, Steve Cohen's first big move. I know Met fans have been talking about this. The Yankees are not going to let that happen. Or are they? Right now, it seems like there's a big gap. And obviously, the Mayu party is trying to apply the pressure. But who knows? So I was very nervous yesterday when I saw these tweets. I was like, oh, God, this is not getting done. First of all, if it was so simple, if it was just at a fifth year option, you know, for $20 million and it'll be a team option or make it more guaranteed money or something simple like that, it would have been done already. The Yankees want to get this done. DJ wants to be back. So obviously, it's not as simple as everyone's making it sound. There is something to it. It's going to be a little bit of a process, and it has been a process so far. But Aaron Boone came out today uh, in an interview, and he said, we want him back. He's priority number one. He's our best player. We still need him back. We need DJ back on this team. Now, what's different about Aaron Boone saying this now over Brian Cashman saying this a month ago or two months ago or any of the players saying this, Aaron Boone is management. He's part of the team. He's on the team side. If he wasn't confident that they were getting him back, he wouldn't have said that because you're just giving more power now to the LeMahieu party by saying that the Yankees need him back. So if you're Aaron Boone, you're smart. You know that that's given more power to the LeMahieu party, and yet you're still saying that. That tells me that Aaron Boone is fairly confident the Yankees will resign and work it out with DJ LeMahieu. So whatever the deal may be, whether they have to go the fifth year or not, he sounds confident. That instills confidence in me. The fact that's not done yet, I'm nervous. I want DJ back. And I really think their offseason doesn't start until they get him back. And I do think they need a reliever or two. They obviously need a starting pitcher. It doesn't look like they're re-signing Tanaka. So there are a few things that need to happen this offseason. We'll see how it unfolds. I might have a whole MLB offseason podcast coming up. I don't want to talk about it too much because I don't know if it'll happen yet. But hopefully it will. And we'll talk some Yankees with that. Um, and. So that's really all I got for now. The, the Yankee offseason does not start till they re-sign DJ LeMahieu or really he signs somewhere else and then it's plan B and plan B better be good. Because if the Yankees have any shot at selling, not re-signing DJ LeMahieu to the fans, they better have a very good backup plan. The fans will not have, hey, we didn't get DJ LeMahieu. Here's Brandon Crawford. There needs to be a good backup plan in place if you're not signing DJ. So that's when the Yankee offseason starts. It really starts with that. And until then, that's all the baseball I got. You know, they need a backup plan. I don't need a backup plan. Why? Because I got to anchor. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I do want to talk basketball. It's NBA preseason. I'm so excited. There are so many stories. James Harden is playing a game as we speak. My favorite guy, the guy who is increasingly becoming less and less favorite of mine, but still loved watching him play tonight um, and was shocked that he played. So... I want to talk about all that, but I got to talk football because I do have an NBA podcast coming up. I don't want to step on that. I want to save some stuff for that. I think it'll be a longer podcast maybe, but let's talk about this past week in football. And you can't talk about this past week without talking about yesterday's game. Yesterday's game was the craziest game. I mean, it's going to go down in history as the Lamar Jackson poop game. He goes and drops a big brown one and then comes out and drops an even bigger brown one on the Browns. 
just absolutely nuts. You think the game's over. It's fourth and five. And all of a sudden coming out of the locker room is Lamar Jackson when he clearly had to go poop. Um, He could say it was cramping. I think he meant to say crapping. Not a funny joke, but there are very many funny jokes online. If you go look, there are hilarious lines on Twitter, Instagram, all over social media. But hey, he came back and he looked way better. I've had those types of poops where I go to the bathroom and I come out and I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I could run through a wall. Lamar Jackson was overthrowing balls and didn't look great before he left the game. And then he comes back and he looked literally like Superman. He did not miss a throw from then till the end of the game. He looked incredible. And they win that game and it was amazing. An amazing win to keep the Ravens season alive. They've looked so good. They looked so good down the stretch of that game. And a year that's been crazy up and down for the Ravens. That was huge. But everyone wants to talk about the Browns. And they talked about it on the broadcast last night. It's like, the Ravens just won that game. And the broadcast is raving about the Browns. They're saying, this isn't the same old Browns. This isn't the same old. And they're 100% right to do so. That may have felt like a def- devastating loss for the Browns. But Baker Mayfield looked better than I've ever seen him in my life. That team looked so legit. The running game, the defense. Now I know the defense couldn't stop anyone at the end of that game, but they looked like a real football team. I'm not sold on Cody Parkey kicking, but when you're down two scores, Baker throws the pick six. That's the spot where Baker usually implodes and just throws three more picks and the game's over, fumbles again, tries to do too much. Even on that last drive, he was down seven. He drove down the field in a minute. It took him three throws or whatever to get right down the field and score again. He looked so good. I've never seen, not only that, he was, the way he was maneuvering in the pocket, he was avoiding the rush. He looked faster. He looked quicker. He's not a quick guy. He's not a guy who can roll out. I think he ran for a first down at some point, and I was like, hey, he beat the edge rusher to the edge. I mean, usually with a quarterback, it's not that crazy. But with Baker, it was something that we haven't seen him do, and he looked so good. He knew when to throw it. Knew when to just tuck it. Didn't take bad sacks. He looked so good in that game. Other than that pick six, he looked so good in that game. And so they have something to be excited about. Now, hopefully they come out against the Giants and look great again. Because if they implode, they say, hey, we lost this terrible game. And now we have to go play the Giants. And they kind of, you know, are feeling down about themselves. And they go lose to the Giants. Then it kind of blows up everything they did but everyone's feeling really good about them they need to be like hey that was a tough loss let's go out there and prove we're legit let's beat the giants by the way if you do watch football on sundays a great recap of the week in football you go on the pick six pod instagram and twitter page pick six pod it's a cbs sports uh podcast about football they do like a text thread of like recapping the last week's games as if the teams and the players are talking to each other. It's just hilarious. And it's something that you should definitely check out, but they had some great stuff. Um, I bet on last night's game. It was a friendly wager. The line was minus three and a half that we chose. Um, It was Ravens minus three and a half. And if you know, at the end of that game, the safety with two seconds left, meaningless spot, I would have won the bet and I lose it. So my friend knows he's listening. I imagine. And he knows that I lost that bet on that stupid safety at the end of the game. And Craig Carton got on the air today because a lot of people lost money on that. And Craig Carton got on the air today and he said, that game is the poster child for why you shouldn't be making bets. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but 
listen, I can't say I can't sit here and say I should have won that game as a lot of people do oftentimes after they lose a bet. I should have won. No, it's a bet. It's 50 50. The odds are, you know, it's just luck at some point. You don't play the game. There's a point where it's just luck. And I was unlucky. So that's that. Um, Other games, Buffalo and Pittsburgh. So everyone wants to talk about Buffalo because of how good they are, how amazing they are, how great Josh Allen looks. Listen, at times, Josh Allen still looks a little lost. Early in that game, Josh Allen looked terrible. The offense looked terrible, and then he played really well for three quarters. I'm not so sure. Listen, Buffalo pulled it together. I'm not so sure they're legit. I'm not so sure they can beat KC, but I've been saying all year that I've had them pretty high on my list. I had them at four when I did that power rankings. I think they are a really good team, a really complete team. There's always one team that surprises you. That's what I tell you. I said, I'm not sold on them. I could see them losing in the first round. But there's always one team that comes in every year and surprises you. Last year, it was San Francisco. They came out, they blew the doors off of everyone. And then you're like, hey, wow, now it's the AFC Championship game. Here they are. And I guess they're legit. Buffalo could be that team this year. If not that, they could at least be the Tennessee of last year, win a couple of playoff games. Yeah, maybe you're not going all the way, but you won a game or two. That's big enough. So maybe that's the case. Um, but they definitely took a big step in that direction, beating Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh needs to run the ball. They need to figure it out. They need to just run the ball, just hand it off. I mean, I understand that it's not working, but you got to keep trying. You got to run some play action. You, they don't run play action and they don't run the ball and the receivers drop passes. They need to figure out that offense. If they're going to win, they need to figure out that offense. That's the bottom line. Um, the MVP race, I think, got a little more interesting. Uh, Aaron Rodgers played great. Patrick Mahomes threw three picks, maybe the worst game of his career. Obviously, what Patrick Mahomes always does, what I always say he does, he does whatever you need for him to win. And they won, and they're a great team. And it was a team win, obviously. But maybe he loses a little ground to Aaron Rodgers in the MVP race, maybe. And maybe Aaron Donald, maybe he gains on them a little bit. I'm going to throw that in there. I think Aaron Donald will have six sacks against the Jets this week, or I hope he will. Maybe three strip sacks against Sam Darnold. So I think he will uh, definitely help his case this week. He'll have an easy game to do it. So... Uh, just when I think that, by the way, I relaxed this week. I was able to just relax and not think about football. The Jets got blown out 40 to three. It was a great, just great for me. Um, and I'm hoping to have that again this week before a very, very tough last two weeks, the last two weeks against the Browns and against the Patriots. I feel like those games are going to be so close, especially the Patriots game. Belichick's going to start Stidham. It's going to be a mess. The Jets are, ugh, I just hope, I hope Jacksonville can win a game. That's all. That's all I could say about that. Um, so MVP race, I think it's between those three guys, and I think it's tight. Um, as far as who the best team in the league is, who can beat Kansas City? This is as bad as they've looked all year against Miami. And Miami's not a bad team. Miami's a very solid team. And they still couldn't beat them. I don't think there's anyone that could beat Kansas City right now. Kansas City has to play really bad in order to lose. And they're going to play against another really good team, a team they don't see often this week. So that should be interesting. By the way, I love talking about Mitch Trubisky. He kind of proved my point this week. He played well. He's not that bad. I know he didn't play against a great team, but I think he gets a bad reputation in the league, and I think he's not that bad. You know who is really bad? Las Vegas. Las Vegas Raiders totally fell off. They barely beat the Jets. They got blown out by Atlanta, who lost the 
fourth quarter blow lead Fecta game, which is the Chargers against the Falcons. Falcons couldn't even beat the Chargers. The Chargers tried to give them the game at the end of the first half. They tried so many times to give them the game. Terrible coaching on both sides. And they lost to the Chargers. And they still beat Las Vegas. So this is where Las Vegas falls off. I guess that's what they do. They look good for the first 10 weeks of the year. That's two years in a row. They've done that now. So I don't know. Should we be surprised by this anymore? I guess not. Uh, I think Las Vegas is going to completely fall off and fall out of the playoff picture. That's my opinion. By the time you hear this, it'll be Wednesday. And that's important because for the next five days, there will be football. Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. All football. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a great week. I don't think there's any marquee matchup. Maybe I guess Kansas City and New Orleans is a great matchup. But I think there are a lot of matchups that will have playoff implications. I think this is where we really learn where are the great teams and where are the not as great teams. And that being said, I have a list of 17 teams that I think are contenders. There are 14 playoff spots this year. I made the list in order. And that being said, what's amazing about the NFL, what we love about the NFL, is that every week something changes. I could have come on here last week and said something totally different. I could come on next week and say something totally different because of something that happens in the NFL. And that's why we love the league. I'm not claiming to know. I'm telling you right now how I feel about these teams, not how I'm going to feel next week or how I felt last week. I'm telling you right now how I feel about them. And that's fun. That's what makes the NFL fun. So let's jump right into it with number one. And number one is still the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, I haven't seen a team better than them. I haven't seen a team that could beat them. Even on a bad day, they still beat the Miami Dolphins. Not a bad team. They beat the Dolphins. So I think the Chiefs are number one. And there's nothing else to talk about. Number two right now, and this is where it starts to get iffy. This is where you could start questioning me. But what about that? What about that? Yeah, there are plenty of questions, and this might change next week. But number one, right, number two right now, I think is the Green Bay Packers, and it's because of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, that connection is special. Aaron Jones is a great running back. Their defense is not great, but Aaron Rodgers has the ability to keep them in every game and then bring them back in games if he needs to. He's unbelievable. He could be the league MVP this year. And so their number two, number three is another guy who I think could be the league MVP. So notice that my number one, number two, and number three teams are the three guys who I have as league MVP. If you've been listening, you know it's Aaron Donald and the LA Rams. The LA Rams absolutely dismantled Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick doesn't lose like that. We haven't seen him lose like that in a long time. Their defense can control a game. And if Jared Goff can play a mediocre game, he doesn't need to be great. You don't need your quarterback to be great to win games. That means your team is really, really good. So at times, Jared Goff can be great. I'm not saying he can't be. I'm saying he can be great at times, but they don't need that. They just need him to be average. And if he's average, pedestrian, mediocre, whatever term you want to use, they will win football games. And that's why they're the third best team in the league. Number four is the Saints. I'm never sold on the Saints. They always feel like a team to me that's just going to lose in the first or second round of the playoffs. Um, a couple of years ago, I thought they were really good. And then they've had so many tough playoff losses. Maybe that's why. Hopefully, Drew Brees comes back healthy. But if he comes back at this point, hopefully he can come back for the last two se- weeks of the season so he can kind of get revved up and geared up for the playoffs. But I really don't trust them. Again, I think they've proven that they're really good. They are a really good team. That's why they're number four on this list. But I just don't know if they can beat... LA, Green Bay, Kansas City, maybe. We'll see what happens this week. That'll be a big game. Kansas City and New Orleans. We'll see what happens. That's going to be Taysom Hill. You really think Mahomes is going to lose to Taysom Hill? I don't I don't see it. My number five team is Buffalo. And if you watch Buffalo, the only reason I put them at number five is because 
past memories of Buffalo. I mean, it's Buffalo. They can't be legit, right? And the other thing is Josh Allen at times can look lost and just not look great, but he really pulled it together. He's looked really good now, basically the entire season. I mean, I don't know. Buffalo could be the best team in the league. They could beat anyone. On any given day, I think they can beat anyone. And they're number five. That's going to be a really scary team. They could be that team this year, like I said. Number six six is Pittsburgh. Guys, they lost two in a row. We get it. But it's overrated. Stop it. They didn't look good against Baltimore. They looked terrible against Washington. They looked terrible this week. But they were 11-0 for a reason. They're a really good team. They're the best defense in the league. Or second, if you think the Rams are better than them. But they're 1-2. and They're one of the best defenses in the league. Big Ben's a vet. He'll figure it out. He's great. Mike Tomlin is a great coach. James Conner is a good running back. Maybe the offensive line is not great. They need to figure out how to run the football, how to run play action. Yeah, they need to figure some stuff out on offense. Obviously, this is a good week to do it. They need to get right against Cincinnati this week. They need to get back on track and win. But they're still the sixth best team in the league. Number seven, I have Tennessee. Derrick Henry just ran all over Jacksonville, and that was hard to watch. I really wanted the Jags to win. I always want the Jags to win. I need them to win a game. I don't trust the Jets on losing out. I've said that many times. I think the Jets will somehow beat the Patriots. But Tennessee is a really good team. Again, they play defense, although not this year. All of a sudden, it looks like their kicker's back. I mean, Steven Goskowski looked like he was dead, and now he's back. So maybe he is back. Ryan Tannehill is a good quarterback. He's a game manager. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And Derrick Henry is the best running back in the league. He's crazy good. So maybe their defense can start playing a little better. They were really good defense last year. I don't see why their defense can't. Similar personnel, maybe they'll step it up as the season comes to a close. And listen, teams wear down. Teams get tired. And Derrick Henry starts to get better and better as other teams start to get more tired as the season goes on. He just gets better because he wears you down. That's what he does. So these weeks, these are the weeks when Derrick Henry turns into an absolute monster. And I'm scared of Tennessee right now. Number eight, I still have Cleveland. I have them ahead of Baltimore. Because I was just so impressed. I think Lamar Jackson was a superhero last night. It was incredible. I think Justin Tucker is incredible. And he made that crazy kick. And I think Cody Parker is not a great kicker. But that Browns team, they run. They play some defense. Baker looks better than I've ever seen him in my life. And if you think about it now, I mean, two of those quarterbacks from the 2018 draft class, Baker, Josh Allen, these these guys are legit. It sucks as a Jet fan seeing that and saying that, but they're legit. And Cleveland's a really good team. Number nine, I have Baltimore. So Baltimore showed me last night. You saw why Lamar Jackson was the MVP. I mean, he came out. He drew the defense to him by by running out to the right, threw the pass to Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown thankfully didn't drop it because the entire city of Baltimore would have just been up in flames again if he would have dropped that ball. So thankfully... Hollywood Brown held on to that pass and ran into the end zone. And then Lamar Jackson just drove them down the field in a minute, made it look so easy on those three passes to get them down the field or four passes, whatever it was, to kick the field goal. That's why he was the MVP last year. He showed everyone how great he is. Yeah, he had some overthrows earlier in the game. But once he got his that turd out of his cycle, he was great. The next team, number 10, is Indianapolis. Indianapolis defense is number three in the league. They're one of the best defensive teams. Again, Their running back situation is starting to take form. Looks like T.Y. Hilton is back. I think the team needs to carry Phillip Rivers a little more than he can carry the team. So that is their weakness, but they're my 10th best team in the league. Number 11, I have Tampa Bay. And every week we say this, well, once they get on the same page, they're going to look great. They haven't been on the same page yet. 
it's been what 14 weeks and they're not on the same page yet they're coming out of the bye i thought they were going to look absolutely unstoppable against minnesota coming out of the bye i thought antonio brown was going to have 10 catches and 300 yards i thought mike evans would have eight catches and 100 yards i mean the fact that they weren't unstoppable on sunday is surprising when are they going to get it together if not now then when so they do need to get it together but at some times when you see brady make that throw to scotty miller you're like uh-huh when you see him make that throw to gronk you're like okay this team can be right on one day they have the best quarterback of all time any given sunday they can win a football game they could ride that all the way to the super bowl so they're number 11 number 12 is an interesting team it's the Seattle Seahawks. They just beat a team 40 to 3. You're probably thinking they should be higher than this. They're a great team. No, they've been terrible. Russell Wilson's been pedestrian for the last month and a half. And their defense is the worst defense in the league. They beat the Jets. They beat a nobody team. They beat the worst team I've ever seen in my life. It was such a relaxing Sunday for me. I enjoyed it so very much, not having to watch the Jets and worry about whether they're going to be able to beat Seattle or not. But that doesn't prove anything to me about Seattle. Number 13 is Washington, and I think Washington can beat Seattle this week. That's going to be an interesting game. I hope Alex Smith gets well soon. I hope he can come back. I don't know if he'll play this week. If Dwayne Haskin plays, maybe he should just take a knee on every play. And Seattle should just lose by playing terrible offense. I don't know. Maybe the Washington defense will have a strip sack or... Chase Young will have an interception and a strip sack and a pick six. I don't know. He's incredible, that guy. And their defense in general is insane. And if there's any week that Dwayne Haskins could look like a great quarterback, it'll be against the Seattle defense. The only guy who can't look like a competent quarterback against the Seattle defense is Sam Darnold. And it's not Sam Darnold's fault. I'm still defending Sam Darnold after all this time. So I'm a Trubisky truther, a Darnold truther. There's a theme here. <laughs> Terrible quarterbacks and me backing them. All right. Number 14, I have Miami. Miami looked really good against Kansas City. I mean, they looked better than anyone did against Kansas City. And I and I know Patrick Mahomes was not himself. He didn't look great. But down the stretch, Tua Tungavailoa fitting some passes in there to receivers that were tightly covered at the end of the game. I mean, he looked great. So maybe they can push for a playoff spot. Maybe not. But I think they're a really solid team. Number 15, I have Arizona. I'm on and off with Arizona. I think maybe Kyler Murray was hurt. And that's why they didn't look so good for a few weeks in a row. Then they crushed the Giants. So I don't know. But I think they're a really good team. Um, I don't think they're there yet. We all thought that this year was going to be the year they absolutely exploded. I think there's two teams that are better than them in their division. So that's a little bit tough. I think they'll make the playoffs and we'll see what happens in the playoffs. Number 16 is Las Vegas. Obviously still in the hunt. They're still in the picture. But like I said, they've totally fallen off. They're not at all the same team they were a few weeks ago. And it's a shame, but that's where we're holding right now. And I think they're done. I think their season is going to plummet from here. I could easily see them being uh, seven and ten, seven and nine. So, and then the last team is the New York Giants. You can't count them out yet. They look terrible. Daniel Jones, maybe he wasn't healthy yet, but their offense looked terrible. But you can't count them out yet. Hopefully, maybe he comes back, Daniel Jones. I want it to come down to that final week between them and Washington. And maybe if you put Philly in that picture also, I mean, what is it with Philly and backup quarterbacks? 
they have a real Carson Wentz problem now. It's not that Jalen Hurts is better than him. It's just that this team plays horrendous when Carson Wentz is playing quarterback. It's just a fact at this point. So maybe they play better now. That whole division is a mess, and there's a lot of messy things in that division. The Giants need to figure out if this is their quarterback of the future. The Washington professional football team is a really good team. They need to figure out who their quarterback is going to be going forward, but I really hope they can ride Alex Smith to maybe a playoff win this year. It'll be the ultimate just incredible story. Um, Philly, they need to figure out what they can do with that Carson Wentz contract. You're not paying a backup quarterback that much, and no team is going to take on that contract. So I don't know. And Dallas paid Zeke too much money. Zeke's not good now. You don't have Dak. He's hurt. You want to pay Dak probably. I mean, if you pay Dak, you're probably the best team in the division. You think if Dak was healthy, this team easily wins the division, although Mike McCarthy doesn't look like a great coach. So anyway, those are my 17 teams. It ends with the Giants. Those 17 teams, 14 spots. Now the odd teams out, I think, are going to be the Giants. It's going to be Las Vegas. And the other team that has to come out is an AFC team. So I'm going to say Miami is to get to miss the playoffs. Um, again, Miami, like Arizona, I think is a really good team. I just think they're one year away. Arizona will sneak into the playoffs because there are less teams shooting for that playoff spot. I just think Baltimore and Cleveland will both make it ahead of Miami um, and Indianapolis. So that's just how I feel there. Um, again, this could change anytime. But with all this, you go into that week 15 matchups and you say, wow, now there's a lot in my head to think about. And you're watching these games and there's so many playoff implications. And I think it'll be really fun. Um, again, the big games, I think Cleveland and Cleveland and the Giants, the Giants need to win. They need to stay alive in this division. And Cleveland needs to come back after that terrible loss and be like, hey, we're really good. Washington and Seattle, Seattle needs to get right. If you think they got right against the Jets and they're going to play great this week, maybe. Maybe Washington's really good. Who plays quarterback for Washington? I don't know. Kansas City and New Orleans, because those are just two incredible teams. And it'll be fun to see what they do. And Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. Pittsburgh needs to get right. Pittsburgh needs to run the ball down Cincinnati's throat. They need to run some play action. And they can't draw passes. Anyway, so that should set you up for a pretty good football Sunday right there. Now, I want to do an NBA pod. I have it planned. Hopefully, it'll come out some point later this week. Maybe it'll come out early next week. Uh, Very special guest for that podcast, so it should be really good. But that's all I got for now. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, And thank you. Thanks for stopping by. Obviously, share it. Spread the love. Peace.
the road Take it in Take it with you when you go We said you can't go 